Welcome to Within WordPress, our podcast about everybody inside of WordPress that you should be knowing, should be talking to. In today's episode, I am welcoming Juliette. Um, one of the strengths behind, uh, in my opinion, the uh, optimization of WordPress from a different perspective than just performance, but making the whole project better in many, many facets, but she'll tell everything about that herself. Um, Juliet, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. And um, yeah, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell us who it is we have on the podcast. My name is Juliet Randers Fulmer, and don't try to pronounce my surname if you're not there, uh, because you'll break your tongue. Uh, other than that, uh, this, uh, people sometimes ask me, uh, what do you do? And give me the elevator pitch. And, and I'm, uh, yeah. excuse my French, but the short version is I do whatever the fuck I like, and I hope I get paid for it once in a while. That's a solid strategy. I think there's, <laughs> that's a good one to start. So what is it you like? What is it like you like to do? What like, is it you do within WordPress? Maybe, maybe start even there. Well, I think it's more in, in, you know, everything. I like to leave the world a little better than when I came in it. And that can be in all sorts of small things like, you know, recycling things which you throw otherwise might, might have thrown away. But it's also in making the web better and making it. I, I do a lot of things behind the scenes, which enable other people to make the web better, which then enable uh, publishers to to publish in a better way. Uh, so it's like like a dominoes where when you make sure that certain things at the back are enabled in a way to let other people perform optimally, then the whole domino ra range will, yeah perform better yeah 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 the cascading effect yeah that's a that's a that's a great example um of uh somebody doing a lot of stuff and a lot of good stuff for the project and being very modest in what she does because uh you just explain what you do without actually telling us what you do well <laughs> <laughs> to, to be to be fair um and this may sound strange to some people when I look at what I do, I don't actually do that much for WordPress. I do a lot of around WordPress. Yeah. But yeah. not directly on the core. I, I do say, uh, touch the core uh, uh, codes and I do make fixes and review uh, BRs, etc. Yeah. But it's only a very, very small part. Well, the things I do, for instance, you know, an external dependency calls requests. I'm I'm one of the maintainers now, because mm -hmm. in practical terms, being abandoned by the original maintainer, but WordPress depends on it. Yeah, yeah. Another thing, so, um, another external dependency PHP mailer is still maintained by another external maintainer. Mm -hmm. However, the test suite was definitely uh, in need of some tender loving care. So last year I spent a couple of weeks getting their test suites to a much higher level, which sets them up to be compatible with PHP 9 when that comes around. So yep. that by the time WordPress needs to get ready for PHP 9, they can. Yeah. It, it, cool. like, again, those dom dominoes, getting all the little pieces in place so that by the time WordPress needs something, it can do it. And I think that's the, this is the beginning of where you started explaining what it is you're doing. So, um, you do a lot that has to do with testing, that has to do with code standards, that has to do with making sure the project in terms of code is up to spec. If I were to give a TLDR, would that be the correct version? Is, am I missing? Because you just mentioned you're maintaining two, uh, two probably more libraries that also help, uh, Doing stuff inside of WordPress because it depends on it, but um, I don't know how many uh, repos I'm maintaining. Got commit to <laughs> <laughs> probably more than I'm comfortable uh, with knowing. Yeah, more than I'm comfortable with. Ah, okay. So it's time to scale back a little bit. Um, I challenge people when they want to give me commit rights nowadays. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't accept them straight away, and I prefer not to accept them a lot of the time. I understand. I understand. So, 
Um, for those who are still a little bit um, unsure what it is you do exactly, so what would be the projects that would um, have the largest impact on those just using WordPress to create content? Is there is there anything that you do when you stop doing it? What would they see? Or wouldn't they see? What would well, it, it's not one thing. It, it, again, it's this cascade. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, as things are at this moment, WordPress runs fine on PHP 7.4, runs up to a certain point from, uh, for, for the end user, uh, it runs fine on PHP 8, um, barring plugins, which may not be compatible. Um, but come PHP 9, we have a different problem. Yeah. I would uh, say we have a little bit of problem at 8.1 still. No, we don't. The thing is deprecations. What, what people can see now in WordPress still are deprecation notices and deprecation yeah. notices are basically your action list for the next major, which yeah. means PHP 9. They don't need to be solved at this point. But for people who have difference between the deprecation notice and an actual error, yeah. that can be confusing. Yeah. That's a, that's a good distinction to make. I think a lot of people don't really understand what happens at that layer. When is something a notice? When is it a fatal? When is it a deprecation? Uh, fatal and, is a screen of death. Yeah, obviously. But uh, those, those three are introduced when you bump a PHP version, um, and you play a part in that somewhere. So what is the, what is the part that you play? So what if I am on a 7.4 and I go to eight, what is it that you have done along with other contributors, but what is it that you have done specifically to make sure that bump is as smooth as possible? Well, I've fixed quite a few issues, uh, in the code itself, uh, yeah. which needs so inside WordPress code fixes for PHP upgrades. Yes, but yep. also I, um, well, contributed to and uh, in a later stage, uh, built tooling for WordPress. Well, not for WordPress, but which is now used by WordPress uh, to allow the tests to run on new PHP versions. Because WordPress was still struggling with how do we run the tests on PHP 8 because we're, you know, the, the test tooling used PHP unit made some breaking changes and now we can't easily run on multiple PHP unit versions, yeah. which we need for PHP 8 support and, and for testing uh, on PHP 8. So one of the things I built and that's sponsored by the Yoast company is the PHP unit polyfills. Yep. That is a library which allows you to write your tests for the latest PHP unit version and then yep. run to on older versions without having to do anything else. What that is means that, is that what the library do, does? Is it, is it does it the polyfill part is filling out the part so that whatever if you're writing a test for eight point one, it backfills it to the older versions. Is that how I should interpret that? that? Interpretate that fills the test functionality, which was yeah. added in. so. In PHP Unit 9, there were a number of assertions added or renamed or, you know, changed. Yep. For certain parts of that, um, it meant that you'd have to have, to have lots of if-elses in your code to be able to run the tests, and you need to do that in a lot of places. Yeah. The polyfills make sure you can just use the new assertions as per PHP Unit 9. Yeah. Then the polyfills will take care of all the test functionality, which is needed to be able to run those tests on PHP unit five or four. Uh, or yeah. Six. Yeah. yeah. Dear, uh, dear Lord, I hope we're not doing four still. No, uh, I'm currently working on uh, the polyfills version 2.0, which will allow the same, but then for PHP unit 10 as the target, okay. I think 10, 10 was released in February. So would, would it be a fair um, assessment to say, uh, without you, we wouldn't have as modern of a WordPress base as we currently have? Is that a, is, or is that too much credit or too little even? I don't know. I expect that if I would step down, other people would step up. Sure, sure. 
but so I don't let's, see, let's, let's, let's assume they're not. That, I mean, they're one of, I would love to see WordPress modernize more. Yeah. Uh, I think we need to modernize more. I think we need to step up our game. Lead by example also towards plugin developers and to, uh, on the one hand with modernizing the code base, on the other hand with uh, having a more comprehensive test suite. Lead by example as WordPress core to show the community what is needed to get ready for PHP 9 because it's going to be a nightmare otherwise. PHP 9 is going to be an onslaught uh, the way things are at the moment. More and, than previous versions? Sorry? More than previous versions of, of PHP, like 8.1? Absolutely. Okay. Interesting. So would you say we're already behind or are we on, on track or? About 10 years behind. We're how many years behind? About 10 years. About 10 years. Yep. Zero, zero, one. Yep. Well, one zero, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One zero. Yeah, no, I mean, realistically, if if we were to have a hope of catching up before PHP 9 came, uh, comes out, we yeah. should have started three, four years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, and and we haven't. And, and any efforts and any discussions I try to start around this are being quickly killed off. Which by who, by whom or by what? Um, there wow. are certain par uh, people in the WordPress team, uh, core team are not a fan of any type of modernization and basically believe PHP 4 code should still run on PHP 9. And the reality and so the, is that's not going to work. Yeah, the backwards compatibility crowd, essentially. Yeah, except there's or, a difference between backwards compatibility and uh, fixing bugs. The thing is, what, what I see a lot happening in WordPress is let's just hide this PHP error. Let's just mm, yeah. add a timecast or just to make yeah, sure it's yeah. the correct time. Except that's not actually helping anything. No. Hiding errors instead of fixing them. And they, most of the time, they should not be fixed in WordPress core, but they should be fixed by uh, in a plugin or in a team which is doing something wrong. WordPress has yeah. documented functionality. If a function, a WordPress function says, I expect the string, Pass it a string, and if you're not passing a string and you get an error notice, that's on you. That's you need to fix that. Word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other, what WordPress could do to improve that experience is, of course, add type declarations. But to have yeah. scale type declarations, we need PHP 7 out. Because yeah. it would mean fatal errors. And that may be a bit too harsh for you know, allowing people to gently upgrade. Yeah, so, yeah. That's, that's, there's there's nothing be, gentle about a failure. A fail. First step no. would be add type checking to every single function in core with notices to tell developers to get their shit together. Yeah. And yeah, that that's that, a that's a huge task. It's huge, and it also means huge. we need to add tests for all of it. So, out of curiosity, are you are you familiar with how other CMSs do this? Is it are they just okay? Go ahead, we're breaking whatever backwards compatibility or yes, however, how, whatever construct you want to call it, but we're done. Is that kind of what Drupal does with uh, says uh, we have version seven, and if you want to upgrade to eight, you're just going to have to put in the work. Is yep. that the sort of attitude that we should adapt? Is that I'm not saying that's what WordPress should adapt, but WordPress should. Um, stick to the documented functionality and not keep expanding the functionality to cover every single type and try to handle everything. It, it's like you're saying, okay, we have a blender and we just put in everything and then it's still supposed to be drinkable what comes out of it. Except if you put in the wrong ingredients, it's not yeah. going to be very pleasant to drink anymore. It, it may be fluid. But it won't necessarily be uh, pleasant to drink. Yeah, yeah the, the, that's a, that's that's a great analogy. I I I think I can use that more often. Um, <laughs> the um, the thing that I always find interesting is the and and I, I I've known you for years, right? So I I know the stuff that you've had to do, the stuff you had to force yourself into, uh, get other people to align with you, just to get the ball moving forward. Um, I know that's been a task you've. Uh, that's been that's been resting on your shoulders for 
digging back for as far as I can remember, at least seven, eight years, maybe longer even. Possible. I don't know. Yeah. Is the... Um, it's the making things better and it doesn't matter whether it's WordPress or anywhere else. I always will strive to make things better. Yeah. Oh, clearly, because that, that oozes out of everything that you do. Um, you have an incredible drive to, uh, and, and you show it as well in what you do uh, to make things better. It's, uh, I think for, 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 for someone listening to this or watching us, um, who has no idea of, you know, they probably understand that WordPress needs PHP because in the requirements, it says so. Um, what is it that they can do to understand the problem better in terms to help move along the project? Or I'm, I'm trying to look at, 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 a, at a perspective of um, you are very skilled in what you do. And with your skills, you're helping the WordPress project itself. Um, in direct and indirect ways, for someone not really understanding uh, or grasping the full concept of, of PHP and, and how that's compiled and how that does its thing, but wanting to help this particular, um, yeah, this particular way of, of uh, improving WordPress forward. Is there a way? Is there a way for, for someone to push you along or? For someone without any, Death skills or quits, uh, it is hard probably to contribute to this, but one thing they could do just as a site owner, yeah, um, you can turn on error logging and uh, you can set the error logging to a different level than what's used on the front end of the site. So, on the, yeah. on the front end of the site, you don't want to be bothered with notices and deprecations and everything. You can try to, to set up error logging so those things do get registered in uh, an error log and in a text file, basically. Yeah. And go through those every, you know, every so often and report the deprecations you see, especially the ones you see multiple times, to the plugin owners. And if it's That's a core cool. one, to core, but most of the time, the. It'll, it'll be a plugin. Yeah, the, the thing is, you need a backtrace for this. Yeah. It, because an, a deprecation notice may come from core, but be thrown by core because a plugin calls a function in core incorrectly. So you always need backtraces. Yeah. And you need to report it to the right place. So report as many issues you see. And I know this is not an easy task for someone who's not a developer. But if you really want to help, reporting those issues to plugin developers, to team developers, to try and allow them to get the most relevant information to get their shit together yeah. will help the project in general. That's a good one. So the backtrace, I, I, when you said that, I remember the first time I learned about that, this is years ago, uh, I saw an error and I was like, WordPress is throwing an error. So there's an error in WordPress, but that can't really be right. Why would I be the only one having that error? I didn't get it. Uh, and I don't know who pointed me in the right direction, but someone said, no, no, you need to do a backtrace first to see what actually is causing this. I'm like, no, but WordPress is telling me to do this. So no, no, no. do a backtrace and see what happens. And, and I figured out how to do that, turned it on. There's a silly plugin that's just doing something not entirely correct. Um, that's a great example of where, um, uh, where you can have an impact without actually knowing how to code is, is searching for, uh, for error logs. And I, I'd like to add for, uh, to that, um, I've seen situations where hosting companies, uh, actively turn off error logs of any kind, or if, a if, if, a, if a piece of code is taking too long to execute. Uh, they will just softly kill it off. You'll never see it. You don't see the fatal, nothing. And you'll think, hey, my code is working fine. But when you switch to a, to a host that then does no limitations on any, any error logging whatsoever, and you use the same code, same PHP version, and you see all notices and stuff, you go, what's, what's happening? What's wrong with this new host? No, no. You were being muffled. You were being silenced. There's a lot going on. Um, 
Yeah, I have to. I have to say though. I mean, I know you also do a podcast about, about performance. Turning yep. on error logging has a negative effect on performance. Yeah, right. Are errors? Yeah. If there are no errors, you it, it has no effect. Uh, but if there are deprecations and and uh, warnings and notices, yeah, the 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 fact that those need to be logged, that need to be written to a file, will have an impact on the website. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. Turn that on for you know a day or two at a time. Analyze the logs, report everything. After you've upgraded all the the plugins, after they've released new versions, turn it on again for a day or two. That is exactly what I do for any site that I I maintain that has uh, dependency on on being performant, on being fast, or uh, especially if it's e-commerce or WooCommerce mostly. Yeah. Um. Whenever you're doing a deployment, and uh, uh, this past weekend I gave a talk on on uh, WooCommerce but faster, where I mentioned this as well. If you're um, if you if you want to treat yourself seriously, you need to test every single deployment um, on local first. Then, uh, when you're ready and ready to go, go to production, um, and then test every single aspect of that site that is vital. Uh, while doing so having everything turned on in terms of error reporting because you'll find information you haven't seen local. I guarantee you it happens. You, local, nothing's wrong. Yay, good. Yeah, but and, it, we it, have this, and we have the same blueprint, right? Local is the same as product, but it's not. It's never, it never is. It's also about knowing how to test. I mean, yeah, yeah, if, yeah, yeah for sure. If you think like, okay, uh, I've upgraded something. Hey, the homepage loads. Now I've tested it. That's not yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I literally mentioned this like uh, in my talk, they saying, if you're only testing front page, you're doing something wrong because your cart, if it, uh, the, the, the talk was on, on WooCommerce, if you're not testing your cart, if you're not testing your, your uh, checkout, the, the whole thing, what are you testing? You're, yeah. you're not, you're just, you're testing some, some, some static caching. Yeah, if Wonderful, you have a it works. Which, which provides a contact form, you need to actually send in that contact form and check yeah. words that the sending works correctly and the email yeah. gets received and you get your information. All the things. And it's all in the back end as you expected, et cetera. Yeah. And, and, and there's I, so many moving parts with plugins. So you, for every plugin, you need to know what it does and know what to test. And that, I'm, I'm, that alone is already a big task for people. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm going to say I'm amazed at how few people understand what a testing means, that you need to start with testing your uncached performance, that you need to start with testing your uncached uh, carts, obviously. But uh, for sure, the people actually know what a cache is. So, there, yeah, it probably starts right there. <laughs> yeah, but the, the whole, and, and I, I know we can't expect everybody to understand all layers. And, um, you know, this is, this is a podcast where we're talking a little bit more in depth in terms of PHP and in terms of testing and, and deployment to production and what you should and should not do. Um, I don't expect everybody to understand this podcast as, as, uh, as well as the one I did with Mad Madeiras, for instance. Um, but the idea that you need to validate changes as you're pushing it forward in your um, um, uh, pipeline from, from, from staging to production or from local to production or whatever, but test, what, what is it to, to test? And um, so it's not actually, you need to validate your changes. That's what you need to do as a developer. As an end user, sure. you need to validate that the functionality still uh, works the same before and after. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good distinction. Yeah. You're right. And, and yes, end user testing. It's very time-consuming and it's, it's very imprecise as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would rather see that plugin developers, uh, especially plugin developers, team developers as well, but especially plugin developers, um, got into the habit of having an automated test suite. And again, WordPress needs to lead the way with that. Yeah, WordPress we're not, does are we? Automated test suite. No, it's no, we don't. 50% of the code base. So if people wanted to test this, and uh, um, that's a double, but test the test thing. You're missing the, the point I'm making. Twin owning of a package which runs 40% of the internet, yeah. 20% of the PHP code is being tested. Oh, wait, 20%? Yeah. That's a 2-0? Yeah, yeah. That's... WordPress core, core has 
relatively speaking, very little tests. We need to raise the test coverage because otherwise we, the, the, there are changes now happening in PHPA, which we cannot find with static analysis, where yeah. you need test coverage, where you need your tests to run to show you those deprecations in all those code paths, which are not frequently used, but are available and are supported. Yeah. So we need to see all those deprecation notices to be able to fix all those things before PHP 9. Yeah. This moment, we've been able to do that for about 20% of the code base, not for the other 80%. The other is 80%, it, we depend on people reporting things. It's the same reason this is not happening, the reason you mentioned earlier. There's, there's those among the core team uh, that uh, don't care for this particular... Uh, uh, no, I mean... the. Test coverage is getting a little bit more attention nowadays, but it's not sexy. Let's be fair. I mean, if you, oh, I knew. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of find a, a, a testing procedure coming up with stuff that would have broken my site in one way or another. I find that sexy in one way. I find it ex exciting work. I find it really valuable work more than anything because yeah. I yeah. always find bugs. Yeah. But I mean, there's a, a couple of layers here. On the one hand, a lot of especially younger developers, they want to work on something exciting and new and functionality, which you can offer to the end user. Writing tests is not sexy. New features is sexy. So people are less interested in this. Yeah. Second of all, there, is, there are tests and there are tests. You can have a test which goes through your code, a code and it shows 100% code coverage, but is a crap test because it doesn't actually test it. It just uh, runs through it. Yeah, it just runs through it. Uh, it basically, you can. it's what we call happy path testing and unhappy path testing. It, you can have a code which passes the test and code which fails the test uh, as set up correctly. But if the, the code is supposed to do a certain thing and behaves potentially differently with different inputs, you need to yeah. look that you need to make sure that the code behaves correctly with the input type you expect and, and rejects all the others, for instance. So the unhappy part, making sure that the code doesn't act on something where it shouldn't be acting on, yeah. often the forgotten part or is tested too little. I have a, a function in another project somewhere where there's 30 lines of code and there's two quite complex regexes in those 30 lines of code. Yeah. I have 1,600 tests just for those 30 lines. 30 lines, 1,600 lines of test code. No, not lines, actual tests. Oh, actual tests or even more. 1,600 tests. Holy. And in the last 100 tests, I still found bugs. Yeah. That's not discouraging to you somewhere? Because I know it's better now. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah the end I result is better, but that it stays good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this, yes, this is frustrating the first time you're were wor you're working on, but the next time you know that everything you tried before is automatically tested, and that and, and again. Out of curiosity, is this a particular regex type of thing that just happens to be extremely? Um, like a wild card type of thing, or would you say there are more cases where we would end up with that many tests? In this particular case, it's uh, okay for those people who are developers. You may I think have your audio went up. PHP Code Sniffer is uh, a code uh, static analysis. Can you hear me still? Hmm? We're back. Yeah, We're back uh, because something uh, happened there. I don't know. We we don't know what, but something happened. And um, so we just switched to Zoom, so it'll look different from now on. But uh, we, um, we're we not quite sure where we left off, but um, I think it had something to do with uh, 1,600 uh, generated tests based on 30 lines of code. So, um, yeah, I, like, like I was saying uh, right before we started recording again on Zoom, I'm still wrapping my head around the amount of testing that is needed. Because if you extrapolate that, to what that means on an entire project, such as WordPress, the 
the notion of only 20% is being tested then becomes, and I'm betting the 20% in terms of actual number of tests is already quite high. Um, just not high enough in terms of no, but it, it, a lot of the tests are, those tests are also happy path testing. So it's, it, yeah, there are tests, but yeah. are the tests good enough? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the project where that certain lines of code comes from is yep. a PHP code sniffer based project. And then it's, it's a small project. I mean, you know, maybe 20 classes or something. Yeah. I know. I'm pretty sure that if I look at the test suite now, um, it, it, it's got close to, or the same number as tests as WordPress core include. Yeah. So that's a good, that's a good. And that's for a project with 20 lines of uh, 20 classes. Yeah. And, and, and compared to WordPress. That's and a good comparison of where we have a lot to do. Base. Yeah. We need to write a lot more tests and, and improve the tests. And so uh, existing tests uh, need improving. New tests need to be written. And the, it's, it's hard to write good tests. I'm not saying it's easy. No, it definitely is. It by, is it by definition a senior PHP developer? Um, type thing to do? No. So everyone should write tests. I, I get that. I get that. But um, what what is it required in terms of base knowledge? And in, 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 and I'm guessing mostly PHP. Uh, what 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 kind of level is required? Not not just base PHP. So I don't know. Do For the for like what I said, where that thirty lines of code comes from, that's a static analysis tool. Yeah, then you yeah. need to know PHP really well. Yeah. For something like WordPress, now you need to know WordPress. You know what you you do need to do is you need to understand exactly what's happening in the function. Yeah. So the function on the test, you need to understand that really well. You need to understand how you read code coverage, especially branch coverage. Yeah. And how to generate that. Uh, you need to know the functionality being used in the function, uh, in the function. So you might need to look up things in the uh, PHP manual yeah. or in the WordPress manual to know what's the underlying functionality. Yeah. And more than anything, to write good tests, you need to be creative. You need to want to break stuff. You need to think of scenarios. Uh, you need to be able. Okay, so. There is a square hole, uh, yeah. and you have a round hole, and you have the, 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 the triangle hole. You know, yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you know that video where people say, "Okay, I have a, a square," yeah. and they put it through the uh, through the square hole, and then, "Hey, I have a triangle," and they turn it around and put it through the square hole. Yeah, and you have a, a, so, a circle, so you, and you put it through the square hole. So you need that sort of thinking. Yes. You yeah. need to be able to think of lots of different data sets to give to the test Yeah. to yeah, be I can, able I, to try and break it. I can sympathize with that. Uh, I'll give you a very uh, simple example of that. So um, writing in Dutch, we have an expectancy of how, that la how the words are written, right? Mm -hmm. um, I come from a different part of the Netherlands where we have our own language which has a different type of spelling, has different types of things that we do with our, our, our words. Mm -hmm. um, I was once part of the negative downside of not testing for Frisian within Dutch. Um, it's so simple, but it's just the assumption that there was a hard assumption that word would be Dutch. It wasn't. Uh, I entered it and it crashed an entire database. Yay! Simple, simple <laughs> super simple. And I'm like, surely that can't be what I just entered. So I tried again and it crashed again. I'm like, are they expecting something else here? So I, I, I put in something else and it didn't crash. So I'm like, huh, let me try the first thing again and crashed again. I was like, oh, wonderful. Somebody's not testing here. <laughs> but it's, it's indeed simple things like that. And you need to be creative. You need to think of un, unknown scenarios. So I, I, I love giving another example of this where testing means the world. Um, I used to work at Achmea, which is a Dutch insurance company, and I worked at HR. Uh, I, was, I was a project manager handling IT projects, but delivering it to HR people. And what we found is that the HR people were, let's just say it very politely, not very technically inclined. So 
this, there was a great, a great example of every single assumption that we would have in terms of surely they're not going to do that because that would be like, why, why would you do that? They would do that. They would uh, click on back buttons when they're done 90% with the form just to check if, oh, no, wait. So the previous uh, fields of the, the fields are filled in on the previous page, correct? Yeah. Exactly. And if you don't catch those things in terms of storing that in local memory, uh, local storage, you're going to end up with forms that are empty every single time they do that. And, you know, there's tons of examples like that, but that job particularly told me never, never, never assume in terms of code and be as creative and um, like make it monkey proof. Like if a monkey would hit the keyboard and stumble through the, whatever the interaction is. Yeah, but it, it, it's if we're talking database uh, or data and, and forms and, and HR, I mean, there are addresses without a house number. Making yeah. a number a required field is problematic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there are, uh, are there assumptions built into the form or uh, on people being binary, which we all know is not the reality. Yeah, yeah. So th th there's... A typical form will often say uh, male, female, and hopefully nowadays they have a other or not to say or or, or other specified. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of assumptions which can be built in there, and and that's the whole thing with testing. If you test based on assumptions, if the assumption is okay, this function expects a string, so I'm just going to give it string data. Yeah. and making sure that all the strings are handled correctly, then you've already got a massive oversight, namely what happens if a non-string has been entered. Yeah, yeah. And 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 that's unhappy path uh, testing, and that we need so many more unhappy path tests. But is it still a fair assumption to say that it requires somebody, yes, creative of mind in terms of coming up with tests that are uh, helping and it's also a bit nasty and wicked in mind. I mean, you can find security leaks like this as well. Yeah. Oh, security yeah. Oh. Leaks are nearly always situations where the original coders couldn't conceive that that could possibly happen. Yeah, yeah. And therefore so, weren't tested. My favorite ones are when somebody knows the path of uh, where the file is located, enters that in the browser, and then magically it appears or you get to do something with it it's um yeah it's an obscurity fail because you think it's obscure nobody can see it when we're in this screen no but they might know it's there um and they don't even have to do it manually they can do that in a scripting way so there's there's i have a, a website one i created oh, one of the first websites i created a photo website I'm not going to give you the address because it's, it's, it's private and it's not very exciting. I haven't really touched the site since 2005, I think. Yeah. Um, but I have an error reporting system, which I built at that time. Yeah. And it tells me exactly, uh, it's actually sent me an email for every uh, four or five uh, hundred status codes error message. Yeah. Which means that I know exactly what hackers are automatically uh, testing websites for. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I yeah, can yeah. get those reported to me for that site, which is not a WordPress site. It's largely plain HTML. Yeah. Um, with a little bit of sprinkling on top. But yeah, so I, I get all of them reported. So I know exactly what people are looking for. It's probably something we should automate, right? This is something that we should do by default. So I'm using uh, Hrefs as a service to handle lots of the technical SEO side of stuff because the output, they kind of scan in the same way, right? They will find the same errors. But just just understanding that that is something you have to do uh, in order to understand the health of your 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 site project, you know. Yeah, but there's um, so many different aspects. I mean. Mm -hmm. You have the server side configuration and how that's set up. And that's not always something you can automate it, uh, uh, no. well, test in an automated manner. No. You have the, the actual code and then you have the code of the WordPress core plugins, etc. So there's lots of different parts and lots of different levels where you need to test things. And every single 
level can break. Yeah, and, and it will, and it will. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm back to my previous question. So I'm trying to think of a way to define a profile of somebody who can help with testing, right? So uh, it doesn't need to be a senior level PHP developer. It can yeah. be anyone. Um, but I, I would say, I, I would assume there's a bottom layer of knowledge someone would need to have. Um, you, you need to be creative more than anything. I mean, the actual coach part isn't even the most important one. I mean, the, the actual writing of test code is really simple. Mm -hmm. It's the coming up with the, with the data sets, which is the difficult part with the data sets, which can possibly break the code. So you do need to re be able to read the actual code on the test yeah and so that to means... actually understand that in that that's like if you don't understand the code and the test and then there was a project the other day it's again an external dependency of uh, wordpress oh and i was looking together with someone else at some of that code like how on earth can we test this and this was really 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 next level complicated ma uh, mathematics yeah and I was struggling to understand the code. When I'm struggling to understand the code, I'm not the right person to write the tests. That's a good way to start uh, the requirement list. Right. So that means a junior, a meteor, or a senior, less relevant, more relevant. Do you understand what this code is doing? Yeah, and I mean, and if, can if you have then think of different scenarios of how you could possibly break its intent? Exactly. And 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 if there is a function which is too difficult for you to test, that's fine. There mm -hmm. are plenty of other functions which aren't. There's quite a few functions in WordPress, aren't there? Yeah, so there's <laughs> lots of functionality which is uh, at different levels. So if you want to contribute to testing, start with the writing test for the code you understand. Yeah. And then that will also increase your understanding of the code again, so the next time you can take on something more difficult. That is great advice. Um, I'm uh, I'm always curious why certain elements within WordPress core development in the largest scale of the word, why certain elements are under um, underrepresented in, in in attention. So uh, performance for a very very long time has been like a sort of stepchild type of uh, relationship. We know it's important, yeah. Um, we're looking at it, but we're not really doing anything with it. So um, that being a, a, a dedicated team now uh, warms my heart in many ways. Um, testing and coding standards and everything that comes with that, um, sort of, and I think I hear you confirming, it sort of sits in the same area of we know it's important, we really do, but we're not doing enough to address all the problems that can be solved by implementing that. The, the thing is, and this is a, in a lot of ways, the same discussion a lot of development companies have with their, their customers. Yeah. I think yeah. Improving performance has a visible and a visible improvement for the end user. Yeah. The end user can see the site loading faster, and therefore, it has a visible, a tangible result for the end user. Yeah. Writing tests does not have a visible result for the end user. The what writing tests do, does is making sure there are less bugs in the code. Yeah. And, and, uh, making sure that any bugs which we may not have discovered because you know there weren't uh, previously bugs because PHP is changed. Uh, will not reach the end user. I, I will but say that, that there's, that there's the a... the end user doesn't see any result other than that maybe they have less bugs to report. Yeah. Except the problem with that is having less bugs to report is not something tangible for an end user. And no. the, the general end user won't report bugs anyway because they wouldn't even know how to, uh, where to start to describe the bug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or even to find where to do it. Or, yeah. or yeah describing so the thing it's not a it's not a tangible uh, improvement for the end user other yeah. than that nothing has changed it all looks the same and just underneath do it it works better and it continues so, to work so what do we need to do to fix this then how do we attract the right people 
how do we lower the bar uh, for entry? I um, think we need to actually raise the bar for entry and not so much raise the bar for entry to the project at all, but okay. raise the bar for entry of code to the code base. Um, in my opinion, we ah, Okay, so reverse make, it, essentially. Make it a requirement for any patch to go into WordPress to with have tests. Patch functionality to have tests. Yeah. That means that any code which is touched as of this moment would start to be tested. And that, that means both existing, tests, uh, existing code as well as new code. So existing code, at least for the part you're changing, needs to be tested. And it's once you've tried to test for something, it's easier to expand that test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A larger part of the function. And I can write a test if there's a function of typical WordPress, thousand lines. I yeah. can write a test to just hit that those three lines I'm changing. But once that test is in place, and if I set it up with a data provider, it's going to be so much easier for other people to add more test cases to it. They don't even have to write the test uh, code anymore. That's already there. They just need to add test cases. So that's essentially where we need to start. Yeah. Make, raise the bar for allowing code to be committed to core. Yeah. That's an interesting. I don't think I've ever heard that one before. Um, well, I've been saying this for, for quite a while. Yeah, and it and it makes all the all all the sense. Like, um, it's hard to start with from from scratch to something, but once something is there, it's a lot easier to expand on it. I I would say for the most part, that's how my mind works in terms of um, I don't particularly enjoy writing code from scratch. Uh, in fact, uh, I think I've stopped doing it for six seven years, maybe even longer. It just does does not give me joy, uh, or doesn't spark me joy. I think is the is the right way. Uh, but if if something is, is existing, I, it, I, and and let's just say the architecture is is incorrect. It's done in the wrong way or the wrong sequence. It's much easier for me to have joy in and say, hey, I think we can optimize here and uh, doing that and changing things around. What do you think? That is a much inter more interesting conversation. So, so imagine you if you extrapolate. Around, it's all the more important to have tests in place to validate Ex that you're exactly. not Exactly. Exactly where I was going. So yeah. the, the next thing then is if you look at from that perspective, we have tests, something is changed. Huh, wait, is this a smart thing to do? Because now we have to, you know, when the tests show and can we improve this? I, what, I, I, I go back to the performance team. They're, we're now doing performance tests, right? And we do them even between release candidates to see if there's regression or not. And wouldn't you know it, in the last two versions, 6.2 and 6.1, we've had regressions on performance. This is telling me that in previous times, we've had those as well, but we didn't test for it, so they're still there. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, not, so, not unsurprising, no. Not unsurprising, but it's crazy to consider if you're not testing for it, you won't find it. Yeah, I mean, hey, tests can't fail if you don't have them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. This is, the, I mean, this. Yeah. This is the the typical mantra. The easiest life for a developer is not having tests because then nothing breaks ever. Yeah. Reality <laughs> is different, but. Yeah, 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 but uh, the the mindset is certainly uh, as such. Yeah. And that's why, especially for projects, I like inherit like requests. I mean, I in a way inherited it because it was no longer maintained. I'm not intimately familiar with everything it does. I honestly don't don't ask me anything about requests because I probably don't have the answer, which is all the more reason why I'm writing more and more just for it. Yeah. Because otherwise well, I cannot merge things pulled by other people with confidence because I don't know yeah. the code base well enough myself to was make that... sure it doesn't break anything. Was that project started by Ryan McHugh? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and people, life happens. People have... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the, no, no blame the, there. Just curious. Are talking about the same thing? Fine, yeah. But yeah, and when, to me, taking over, it's like, yeah, this was actually a code base which did have tests, which it wasn't, uh, it didn't have low code coverage. It actually did have tests. But... It needs uh, a lot more tests and a lot more unhappy part testing. Uh, the, the tests needed improving. Yeah. That's one of the main contributions I've been doing to request is 
getting that up to scratch. Yeah. Well, to help on, us in the future. On behalf of the entire WordPress project, I'd like to thank you for what you're doing. Um, and uh, I also like to thank you for being on this podcast. And um, I have one last question, if I may. You may. I would love for you to come here because we live in the same country and do a live podcast. So uh, there's a few more things I think uh, I'd love to talk to you about. So um, I'd like to invite you for a second one, if that's uh, something you would like. Very happy to. And I can actually think of a topic. Awesome. Well, don't, don't, don't share it yet. Surprise me. Sure. Unless you think uh, you need like a proper cliffhanger. <laughs> let, let, let's get people excited. Okay, go. And we're still very much hoping to release WordPress as a coding standard 3.0 soonish. Yeah. And I think it would be, a lot has changed and, and that's a whole different story. But I think it would be really good to have maybe a session on WordPress coding standards and why they're important and how mm. they can help you and yeah, why, like... and why, you know, 3.0 took such a long time to get released. I'd love that. I would love that. Yes. Okay. Let's settle that's that then. Enough. But, uh, <laughs> um, thank you for today. And, um, if you want to know more about Juliet, where can you find information? Uh, I'm on uh, Twitter and I'm on Mustadon, both with the handle JRF underscore NL. So my initials, Juliet Reiners Walred, JRS underscore NL Brunanel. Okay. And I'm on the WordPress course uh, And if it's anything to do with code, please use track or GitHub and don't DM me. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure uh, talking with you. Uh, likewise.